Welcome to Home Alone, a podcast where we discuss History Channel's Wilderness Survivor show alone from the comfort of our couch or apartment. Yeah. Home. Home. Uh, I'm your host, Anya, and this is my co-host, Josh. Say hello. Hey, guys. Welcome back. I know. It feels like it's been forever, but we um, took some time for ourselves, went camping, and then it was Labor Day, so we're out of town again. Went to parents mountain house yeah so we've just been out in the woods for the last couple of weeks and it's been really nice i hope you all got a chance to do the same and enjoy some nature before it you know starts the colors start to change etc etc so we are gonna start covering the rest of the seasons of the show we decided why not go back and start with season one which was really fun to watch compared to season eight um because you just see like the production value like the differences in contestants there's just so much kind of it's it's cool to see how the show grew right wouldn't you agree yeah there's there's definitely an evolution to it um starting from the most recent and then going back to the beginning like right. it's it's more um what's the word i'm looking for it's it's more apparent um than watching i think season by season to see the progression right before we jump into season one though i do want to give updates that the location for season nine apparently has been revealed and it is in labrador canada and it's in um inwit community of makovic so it's a very remote island it's basically eastern canada they call it eastern arctic I would say it's more on the south end, but there are polar bears out there. And that is fucking hardcore because, like, grizzly bears are scary. Polar bears are terrifying. Like, they will eat you. They do not give a shit. Like, so that makes me curious to see if we'll see, like, a polar bear encounter because that would just be, like, absolutely deadly. Um... But I'm very excited. There seems to be a lot more food out there from what I've researched. And there's the hunting, trapping, fishing restrictions seem to be a little bit looser. So I guess, you know, uh, the production has been reading Facebook, Reddit, everything. Kind of like give the people what they want, you, you know. Mean there were people out there that didn't like that Starfest? I I wouldn't think so based on all the comments. Just kidding. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, historically, the drop dates have been like middle September. So right about now. Um, yeah. Curious to see how that season is going to go. All right. Diving back into season one. So season one location was in Quatsino, uh, British Columbia, Canada. And it's off of the Vancouver Island. Again, it's a pretty remote island because you can only get there by boat or by plane. However, there was, like, when you look at the map, and I'll put it on our Instagram, of the contestants, some of them were, like, dropped on a literal campsite. So it's definitely not as remote as the newer seasons have been. Like, there's literally, like, people maybe, like, a couple of miles away. So that's a huge difference. And they filmed... The first three seasons in this location, I believe. So this was in 2014. Um, yeah, so that was that was a big difference. 
I did like the shots of them like dropping the contestants off. How kind of like the helicopter and the plane like went into different split into different ways. That and was kind of little cool. montages and like cool like movie effect type deals, like action movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't have as much cool drone footage as the new seasons do, but you know they'll get there. Um, we have ten per- participants, ten men. I roll, you know, but I'm glad there's more representation in the newer seasons, so good job, um, History Channel. Uh, the names are Lucas, he's 32, do you have where he's from? Um, Lucas is from, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Quasquaten, Iowa. Okay, we have Alan, who's 40. Alan is from, where did I put Alan? Don't you have it Blairsville, Georgia. All right. Then we have Dustin, who's 37. Dustin was Pittsburgh. Okay. Chris, 41. Chris is from Umatilla, Florida. Sam, who's 22. Sam, little baby Sam from Lincoln, Nebraska. (laughs) Brant, 44. Brant was Albemarle, North Carolina. Wayne, 46. Wayne is from St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. Okay. Mitch, 34. Mitch is Bellingham, Massachusetts. Joe, 24. Joe is Windsor, Ontario, Canada. And Josh? Josh is from Jackson, Ohio. Cool. So I feel like we got a pretty good representation of ages, geographic locations. Um, The one thing you'll notice is that none of these contestants are true, like, survivor experts. Like, the folks are in later seasons. And I think that provides, like, a good, it's definitely good entertainment value because they're not, like, hardcore survivalists. It's more, like, they're hobbyists, I would say. I think it's a good baseline test for where the show needs to go in the following seasons. Right. And I think after this first season premiered and people started watching the show, that's when more of those, like, bushcraft folks started to apply and come out because I think... People on this season are more like, yeah, I like hiking and camping, but they're not like the bushcraft types that we see now. Um, definitely very interesting. Uh, my favorite quote from the entire show uh, came from this episode, and it's uh, from Sam, and he said, I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let's dive in. And I totally missed that quote. Yeah, it was like in the opening credits. And this episode one is called And So It Begins. Cool. So we're going to start with Josh. By the way, this first episode only covers two days. So if that gives you any indication of how long they make it out there, I think that's that's a good indication. Um, so we start with Josh on day one. So Josh is a cop, right? Law enforcement agent. Okay. So he is building a tarp shelter. So, like, when you notice them getting dropped off, Vancouver, like, specifically that island, too, it, like, never stops raining. It is raining basically 24-7. It is always moist there. So it's... You really said moist. Yes, I did. Moist. It's quite miserable because you can't get dry. You know, like, and it's hard to build a fire because just wet all the time so he's before we get to the tent can i just note that like literally the second they dropped josh off and he started talking he looked like he was about to start bursting into tears 
Like, he just straight up looked like he was going to cry from the moment that boat pulled away. Yeah, he was, he was a little worried because, like, it was uncharted territories. You don't really know what you're getting yourself into. Like, History Channel was just like, YOLO, let's do this. Uh, so he's building a tarp shelter because he needs to stay dry. He found some um, wood with sap on it to use as a fire starter. And that's definitely a very good tip. We did that when we went camping a couple of weeks ago. Definitely works very, very well. We did. We went camping right after it had rained for like three days. So we, we ran into similar problems. Um, and I, I was just walking around scraping pine sap off of trees. It was great. Yeah, definitely a great fire starter. He's already thinking about his kids and his wife. I wrote down, uh-oh. <laughs> right. His, <laughs> his wife is pregnant. So there's another thing to add. And he's finding bear tracks everywhere. And he's, like, super scared of bears and cougars. The bears on this location are all black bears. And, like, having encountered black bears myself, they don't give a shit. Like, they might come close and sniff you and smell you because they're curious to see what you are. But they're extremely scared of humans. They're really, like, non-confrontational. They don't see you as a food source. So it's not going to be something that's, like, might harm you they might try and steal your food but it's not like anything like a grizzly bear you know they're not gonna come at you cougars they're not gonna fight you for your food they're just gonna sneak your food away right cougars again this is a remote island so a lot of these animals like they're not used to seeing people they don't know where people fit on their food chain you know so they might try something but it's not like a huge huge risk I'd be, I'd be more afraid of the cougars than the bears. Right, yeah, me too. So he finds a bear scat. He finds half-eaten fish near his shelter. And then he finds a bear den. So maybe I'm like, move your shelter, dude. Yeah, maybe maybe it's time to explore faster. Right. And then we see, like, a cute little bear up in the tree. He's just like... A cutie little black bear. Looking down, he's like, hey, guy, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, black bears hide up in the trees a lot. People don't think to look there, so... And then there are two bears by his shelter at night. And, like, literally you can see the bears kind of, like, come to his tarp and sniff at his tarp. And they show Josh inside his shelter just, like, terrified. I hope he dug a hole under his butt before he went to bed. (laughs) He is, like, holding his axe in his hands. And then he says, like, hair bear bear. And they ran, they ran away. They were like, nope. And he was like, they're stalking me. I don't think they were stalking him. Like I, I, I said, don't think they were stalking anything. They're just trying to figure out what the scent was. They came to Brand say new hello. smells. Exactly. A whole new world. Right. And that's how we have our first tap, ladies and gentlemen. Normally we do the taps at the end. I don't know if you all caught the patterns before, but that's how well, we decided to do it. Don't spoil it for everybody. Oh, whatever. <laughs> So yeah, uh, he tap, just, tap on day one means we gotta we gotta cover this guy first. I think it was day two that he tapped. Well, I mean he was decided yeah. the night of day one. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because he mentioned that being a police officer, he has, you know, wrestled some crazy people. He's ready to like go all in, and I mean he wasn't a police officer in Florida. I'm sure he's never come across a crazed method. <laughs> I mean Ohio's. 
I mean, yes, but Ohio is not Florida. And I'm saying this as somebody who lived in Ohio for a lot of her life, so don't come at me, people. But, yeah, like, it was just funny because he talked, like, all this big game, and then he saw, like, a black bear and was like, nope, bye. And I love that, like, when they're taking him away, there's literally, like, a black bear looking at him from the shore, just like, bye, bitch. It's like, lunch is gone. I was only trying to say hello. So... That was Josh. Then we meet Alan. I'm, I'm ashamed of my name right now I in know, this talk. I know. Then we meet Alan. So Alan kind of has the same comments as Josh. It's all wet. But he seems to be, like, at a better location. It's a little bit more spacious. He's not, like, right in the middle of that dense, like, like thick. thick forest. Yeah. But he, he did say, I didn't expect it to be so thick, and yeah. my immature ass chuckled. <laughs> and that's basically, like, yeah. don't we see him on day two? And he just goes, the quest for fire continues. I, I didn't have anything on Alan except for my snarky quote. Yeah. Well, the, the thing with this episode is that they showed all ten contestants on the, like, on the first episode, yeah. and it kind of it felt like too much because we didn't really see a lot from any of them. Like, I like the new format where they kind of split it in half. They do five and five for each two episodes because we get to know them a little bit more. We get to see their progress a little bit more. And now that, like, in this, in season one, it's literally like, hi, this is my shelter. All right, moving on to the next person. Well, I feel like if they if they did the first episode as, like, a two-hour special then you could give ample time to everyone. Yeah, but, but like, I but like that them, would just be a lot. Yeah, I like them getting split up because even like I mean, even the episodes now are an hour and a half, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. But covering like ten contestants in just one episode is a lot. It is a lot. All right. Um, I don't want to meet that many people in a normal day. <laughs> moving on to Joe, who said, "Smells like dead stuff around here." Because <laughs> so he's Joe like, forgot to shower before he left. <laughs> Well, he's, like, walking around, and there's, like, little marshes, and it reminded me of the Lord of the Rings scene, um, Return of the King, where they walk through the marsh. And he's already soaked through his jacket. Uh, probably not a good choice of clothing. He wore something that was not fully waterproof. And he says that his wife and daughter are his motivation to stay out there. He's, cr- like, and he, as he's saying, is like, crawling through thick bush. Uh, he found a game trail. So that's really good. And he decides to set up his shelter like near an opening around the game trail. And he's making a similar uh, temporary shelter to Josh. So he's definitely like he's all focused on making a waterproof uh, shelter because he's already soaked. So that's going to be like a huge focus for him. Anything you have to add? Not really. Not a lot. Kind of same thing. Um, Again, a lot of people, not a lot of coverage on all of them. Yeah. And this seems to be another one of them. Yeah. I didn't I didn't hear any funny, strange things coming from him, except for dead stuff. Right. Then we meet Lucas. Uh, he seems to be pretty, like, cool, calm, and collected. Pretty, pretty upbeat from the start, it yeah. seems. Yeah. Making it through the thick bush, like the rest of the contestants. He's got a nice, like, little, quote-unquote, waterfall, waterfall, waterfall in his drop location. And he is very excited because he's like, I have a source of water. And I just thought about how... It's literally what they're 24-7. I think you'll be okay when it comes but to it's like, water source. He's got access to, like, a faucet, basically. Right. And he has a checklist, and his checklist is shelter, warmth, water, and food. 
his area does look a bit drier than the rest, so... Um, but he, it is starting to get dark, and he was concerned about cougars. So that was kind of his introduction. Then we've got Wayne. Oh, I did notice that um, they said the current temperature when Lucas was dropped was about 39 degrees already. Okay. Which is fun fact for yeah. maybe mid-September up there. Yeah. Uh, Wayne already looks very emotional. Like, he's going to cry. So he's got, like, a great... He doesn't say much, so he's just like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm here. He said, I already feel pretty jumbled up. And then he just, like, there's lots of pauses, lots of awkward pauses, so he's got a great camera presence. He's on camera definitely second-guessing himself from the very start. Yeah. Like, um, what did I do here? He says there's a lot of game trails around his campsite, so there's... There's that. Then we meet Sam. Uh, Sam is the OG Biko, is what I put. He is the youngest of the bunch. He's definitely like... like Nerdy little white kid. Nerdy white kid, but he's just so stoked to be out there. He's messing around with the game camera. Yeah, wouldn't you feel good about getting out of your parents' basement? (laughs) No, he's he's actually... No, I know. I'm kidding. um, He's messing around with the game camera, and I think I said it on the last season that... All the contestants have a game camera near their drop site just to make sure that they're all following the rules and regulations. Or on day two, he is like he's standing at his shoreline and you just hear the wolves howling. So he starts howling back. He's just straight up antagonizing these wolves. They're like, shit, there's another pack coming at us and we're going to get it. It is fucking amazing. He's loving it. Josh should probably have a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Um. And there's another contestant that we meet a, a little bit later, Mitch. He actually hears Sam howling back at the wolves, so he thinks that it's more wolves. Yeah, so Sam was just Sam's out there having a good time already. Uh, I think he'll be very entertaining to watch. Then we meet Brant. He set up his tarp shelter. He seems to be in good spirits. He got on the next day. He got a bundle of tinder. And he's going to collect some tree sap to make a fire starter. Um, yeah, because starting a fire is definitely the biggest disadvantage to this location. And if you're noticing the pattern here, everybody's making tarp shelters so far. There's not a single person who's like, I'm going to make a, a build-out shelter. They're all essentially making like tarp little tents. Nobody's trying to cut down trees or anything yet. Nope. Yet. Uh, no, they, they pretty much stay shitty for the rest Whoa. of the season. Yeah, like Spoiler the, alert. The comparison of the shelters from season one to like season, even season five, six, and seven is like insane. It just, it definitely skyrockets in quality. Uh, then we meet Chris. Chris like looks like he's also in good spirits. He's going to go find some firewood and water. 90 days is his personal goal to stay out there. He said 90 to 180. Like, dude. He he wants to be warm and dry and fat and happy. And then he says that he's never been without his gun. Oh, wait. No, can we go back to the like the part of him chopping firewood and the tree just falls on his head? <laughs> yes, that was great. I was dying. But yes, the guns. Yeah. Uh... He's never been without his gun because Florida. Is that one of his ten items? No. No, it's definitely not. And he's very uncomfortable being unarmed. 
And listen, bud, like, if you're going on a survival show that is a primitive survival show, you got to be comfortable being unarmed. You know, there's there's other ways to defend yourself. Or build yourself a spear real fast, bud. Exactly. He talks about being attacked by a German Shepherd. I'm sorry, as I pet my German Shepherd laying next to me. But they also, so he's been like afraid of dogs, but they also show him like footage of him walking through his house in Florida surrounded by a bunch of dogs. They were all tiny dogs, though, I think. There was one like medium size. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, it's just interesting to me that he is so like attached to his guns. Y'all, like, not that serious. You just lost a bunch of listeners. Listen, I'm all for, like, responsible gun ownership, but if you can't, like, survive a few days without your gun... You only think he's going to last a few days? <laughs> and he's also hearing the wolves, but he can, he can actually hear them growl, and that's where they kind of drop him off. So he's very, very close to wolves. Then we meet Mitch. Mitch is the guy who heard Sam howling, which I thought was hysterical. Mitch is looking for firewood, and my dude is wearing Jesus sandals. Shorts and sandals. Jesus cruisers, man. He kind of reminds me of, oh my god, I already forgot his name. Matt. Matt. From uh, the latest season. He found some mussels and periwinkles on the show, and he's the first person to actually talk about food so far. Yeah. I'm not sure how how many of the mussels they are able to eat, because I think there's red tides in that area. So that might not be, like, a for sure food source, but... Um, and he also says that high tide is coming in. So he's going to try to get firewood, like I mentioned earlier. And he's making fire sticks by, like, shaving down the wood. And, of course, it started raining, because why wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was just poetic right yeah. there. He's got a wife and kids back home. Wife and daughter back home, I'm so sorry. And he just talks about how, like, he likes to hang out with them back home, etc., etc., but he actually gets a freaking fire going. He's the first contestant we see so far. Uh, ten something at night on day two, we have a first successful fire. Right. So, and we and meet it, Dustin. It, it sounded like the wolves were starting to get pretty close to Mitch too. When the real ones, not the Sam Wolf. It, yeah, yeah. So they're all kind of getting closer. Um, and then we see Dustin. I've got nothing for Dustin. It just says, can't seem to maintain a good fire. That's literally all I have. Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to do two episodes at a time next after, week. After this one, yeah, yeah. Just because, like I pointed out, they only cover a couple of days, so there's not a lot of information, and we want to give you more than, like, 20 minutes of a podcast. Um, and we will be back to our regular schedule, like, Monday mornings. I know this is an anomaly. Josh actually actually started working two jobs so we have to kind of balance out his schedule i am difficult i'm sorry so that he doesn't go insane uh but if there is anything else you guys want us to like cover or any additional info you want to know i know that most people have probably already seen this season and i just want to cover it as a comparison to like the newer seasons and maybe give some more background information one of the things that i actually found out about this season i think the first three seasons they didn't have like a feeding program for the contestants after they tap out 
So historically, once somebody taps out, they don't feed them any solid foods because it can be extremely dangerous when you go from starving to just eating McDonald's. It can actually, like, not kill you, but do some serious, serious damage. They didn't do that for any of the first three season contestants. So it wasn't... Like, you can just tell they didn't have as much of a budget as they do now. And it's a lot more... Maybe they could have shaved a little off the $500,000 reward. <laughs> like, the approach to the show has changed a lot. It, it, it's, it's a work in progress. It has to evolve. Yeah. Um, another show we started watching is called Naked and Afraid of Love. It, it's definitely not for, like, hardcore survivalists. This is just, like, stupid. It is Naked and Afraid meets trashy reality Bachelor in Paradise TV. Yeah, but it's it's fun because they're, like, on an island in Philippines, and they're just building, like, things out of palms and whatever. Uh, there's definitely production there, so they're not, like, alone by any means. But it's fun if you want, like, some brain bleach, you know, with everything that's happening currently. Um, oh, yeah. if you guys want to follow along with our rewatch of these seasons... Uh, like we said, we'll be doing two episodes, but um, all of the seasons previous to season eight are on Discovery Plus. If you do subscribe, you can follow along on the episodes with us. Yes, and I believe they're also available on the history.com on the app. So that's all we got for you. Going to keep it short and sweet. We're happy to be back. Thank you for like the 10 people that are probably still listening. Good to have you. And um, yeah, leave us a review. Uh, rate us, uh, drop us a comment on our Instagram at homealone.pod, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.